Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Pretty all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still looking at the side effects of old beauty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm look. I'm looking at Ambien merch now. It's all just. <laughs> it's all just screen caps from our Ambien. So context here. Uh, before we started recording, we were looking at is this. I think it's bootleg merch that shows the side effects of different um, antidepressants and medications. Um, well, Lachuda, because I was, Lachuda, well, I was looking for official merch. Things. I was looking for no, official no. merch because sometimes, because like back in the eighties, like Pfizer would send out like promotional like yeah toys. Yeah, that's awesome. Of like a little like a little guy, and it's got like ambient embroidered on him. <laughs> what? Yeah, You've yeah, they're all those? over Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking at Tuesday's Wellbutrin throw pillows and my um, Latuda hoodies. But it's just like really graphics. It's like. Yeah, they're all on Redbubble, like automatically generated. They're really funny. God God bless Redbubble. <laughs> um, but Redbubble has now generated some screen caps from uh, the Ambient subreddit, um, <laughs> including the Yoda iguana. Which is my favorite post. <laughs> that one's a classic. Rude boy saying, uh, iguana, Yoda. Damn, I really feel like that Luke Skywalker stuck on the swamp of little gay frog. Is that what it says? No. Wait, what's the original <laughs> post again? R slash, it's r slash ambient, right? Yeah. Just look up, like, r slash ambient. There's also the wife guy. Who kept making posts like, my wife is home, my wife is home, my wife is home. I miss my wife. She smells nice. Aww. I think that's nice. I like that guy. I aim to be a wife them one day. Yeah. R slash Ambien. I gotta look more R slash Ambien posts. So this kind of ties into today's episode, but I want to give a content warning that we are going to say the word sewer slide. <laughs> I said sewer slide because I was thinking sewer it was slide, TikTok joke. It's TikTok. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to mention suicide quite often because it is. We are covering the self-titled album called Suicide by the band Suicide. And also the contents of lyrics we may hint at are also just all kinds of people getting dead. harm and yeah. People getting dead. I, we covered, if you're wondering why we're covering this album, um, we covered it two years ago, almost now we've been going for almost two years, which is absolutely insane. Um, and I thought it was time to revisit the very first episode because I, when we first covered it, I was kind of like at the beginning of my suicide deep dive. Like I'd known about the band for a very, very long time, but sometimes I just do deep dive on ba- on bands for like two years straight. So I am just very well educated about that album now, and I think it's probably worth covering again. Yeah. Also, like. The show was completely different, and the audio quality was way worse. Yeah, the audio quality was heinous. <laughs> I love to be heinous. Uh, welcome to Music is Good. My name is Devlin Galloway, and as always, I am joined by... Kenny Negrin. Tuesday Ferguson. <laughs> Thomas. Thomas the dog. <laughs> uh, every episode, so this, we, this we have... This stuff to go on Instagram. Yeah, we're going to post Thomas the dog. <laughs> every every episode we have our Discord chat going. And so many times when I'm editing, I find like these little bits where we're talking that have no context whatsoever to the episode where we all just start <laughs> laughing. And I just like to keep them in to keep people guessing. Yeah. <laughs> um, today's post is we're scrolling through our Ambien and I'm posting the dog that is on there sometimes. Ever. Thomas. His name is oh, Thomas. Thomas. Why did I think Trevor? I was thinking of the Mandarin duck who lives in Burnaby Lake. That's why. Yeah. Well, there's Thomas and then there's Walter, who's the bull terrier with no oh, Walter, ears. Walter, his, his real name is uh, Nelson. I know, but like he looks I like a Walter. I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, he does look like a Walter. I like the horrible edits people do where they make him have like 15 teeth. Like 15 <laughs> sets of teeth. What a website this sounds like. Oh, this is a classic. R slash Ambien. I haven't <laughs> slept in 38 hours or so. Took an Ambien. Just saw an ethereal cowboy. <laughs> he, was, he was definitely there. 
In the split second I could catch a glimpse, I caught a glimpse of him in full gear. Hands on his guns. <laughs> ethereal cowboy. I one day hope to be an ethereal cowboy. <laughs> you already are. You're already an ethereal cow, then. I'm sending you. you dogs. So I was saying before we were recording as well, that it's really funny to me that we are covering this, recovering this again, recovering, um, because I've been hearing it in my local theater in some sample of an advertisement song. And I've been going to the theater like every two weeks for the last month or so, seeing some films. And they sampled Ghost Rider. And every time it's like, oh, it's that damn song again. See, I swore it was going to be Born Free by M.I.A. Because, like, that's the one song I can think of that samples a suicide song. But um, apparently it isn't. So No, it's, it's some British pop song. <laughs> it just has the do, 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 do. I can't really understand or I don't pay attention to what the lyrics actually are. But it's been it's been sneaking its way back into my life. That's okay. I've heard that song so many times and it doesn't get old for me. It was my most listened to song of last year. Um, I listened to it like 220 times. Ooh, it's almost wrapped season. Is it going to yeah, be up there again? Yeah, it's coming up. Um, yeah, it will definitely be the top song up there because I intended to make it the top song again this year. Like, I just purposely <laughs> listened to the song because I thought it would be funny if it was the same song two years in a row. It's, it's a very Annie move of you, to be honest. It really is. <laughs> so when we first did the al- this album way back in the first episode, I don't think I liked it very much. No, you didn't. Yeah, and this time around, I think I do. I think I think I get it now. This album grows on you. Like I was saying that um, when I first heard it, I was like, I'd only like I heard Ghost Rider, and I was like, this is a f- bopper. Like, ooh, f- yeah. but this was like years ago now, but. Then I tried to listen to the whole album, and I was like, what the f*** is this? And I was it's like, well, this is, this is like, you know, this is such an iconic album that I'm going to force myself to like it. So I did. <laughs> I forced myself <laughs> to like it. And now it's one of my favorite albums of all time. So It's pretty good. I was going to... Soft urination. I only made one joke about it, and I was going to say, this sounds like it was recorded inside of an MRI machine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I looked it up. And the first MRI ever done on a live human subject was also done in 1997. 1977. 1977. 1977. That's recent. Yeah, they, um, it's, it's songs from the magnet tube where they see your guts. Suicide songs from the magnet tube. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a great album title, honestly. Yeah. I think... I think Devo should use that. Can't make any more albums. Yeah, that I, would be a Devo album for sure. Yeah, Devo covers suicide. That'd be kind of dope, actually. Yeah, it might that be. Probably, that probably exists. I don't know. I I feel like Devo, Devo does not give suicide fan energy. Um, they did know each other. Like that makes sense, but Hold I don't on. know. I I don't get the vibe that they vibed. I don't know if they did. There's photos of them together. Hold up. Tuesday, I'm very curious what you thought about this album. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I had fun. Uh, it jump scared me a little bit, but <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes. Was that during uh, Frankie Teardrop? Frankie Teardrop? Yeah, but also like just in general. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to make how to make this comment without sounding like I'm making fun because I'm not. But like. You, know you can how, make fun of it all you want. I'm not offended. You know how in 2016, it's like a stupid album, like the the peak of like internet gamer humor was to like say a non sequitur and then scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, hey gamers, uh, here's Sonic the Hedgehog. Ah, um, <laughs> that's kind of how it felt the first time I listened, but then it grew on me. <laughs> hey gamers. Hey gamers. You want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I have a remix idea. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? That's kind of that's kind of the, the similar vibe to uh, Linky Teardrop. I think we've talked about Linky Teardrop before, but um, that's very similar to one of my one of my earliest memories in my life, which I like to tell. 
people about. So, once upon a time, my mom was pregnant in 2001. And so I have a memory of visiting her, like, right before she went into labor. I was, like, three, I guess. Um, So my dad was walking me through the hospital parking lot after visiting her. And he was like, hey, baby twos, you're going to have a baby sister soon. You want to know what sound a baby sounds like? And I was like, (laughs) unsuspecting me, I was like, yeah. And he goes, (laughs) and I had, like... Undiagnosed sensory issues, so I just remember that being like terrifying to me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and I tell my dad the story, and he's like, "Sorry, I scarred you for life." I literally don't remember that. And I was like, "It's okay, you didn't know." <laughs> <laughs> that that's a story that predates my my sibling. That's a good story, honestly. <laughs> it's also a very big dad move, just make oh, a yeah. noise like that. Big Rob energy. Remember in the the lost episodes of yeah, Music Is Good? Yeah, I want Rob to come back. To... I, I keep trying to get him to come back. Your dad is always welcome. Rob, come on the pod. Let's get him to talk about King Crimson. Please, because he, he, like an... he has opinions. I love to talk about. I'd love to talk about King Crimson with a dad. That would be fantastic. That was a perfect. real live boomer. <laughs> <laughs> So Annie, since you are the the suicide number one fan, mm-hmm. would you like to give a little bit of history for our newer listeners who have maybe not yeah. heard our first episode? So, um, yeah, I was one of okay last year on Spotify. I did the math um, based on how many um, listeners there were, were to suicide, and the percentage of the top percentage of I was in zero point zero zero five percent of listeners. And I am number, I am one of 17 top suicide listeners in the world. I love that. (laughs) So that says a lot about me. Um, Anyways, uh, basically this album was their first record. It came out in 1977. Um, They formed as a band in like 1970. Um, There's conflicting dates on when they met, but it would have been somewhere between 1968 to 1970. Two band members, um, Martin Rev on instruments and, and tunage and drum machines, um, and then Alan Vega on vocals. Um, and I think for, for the longest time, this album got absolutely zero credit for what it was. And only in the past, I'd say 25 years, have people started going, oh, Wow, they literally invented the genre of synth pop duos. <laughs> like, yeah, didn't they like? like get, they literally invented a didn't genre. Didn't they get completely slammed by like every magazine publisher when it first came out? Yeah, yeah, everybody hated them. Um, Rolling Stone really hated them. I forget what they called it, but they essentially called it childish drivel. <laughs> um, Can you imagine <laughs> Rolling Stone in the modern um, day calling something childish drivel? Yeah, it's it's fucked. Um. They they fought everybody. Um, Alan Vega was really famous for being kind of a scrapper, so he'd fight the audience. He would wear chains to fight the audience. Um, oh, right. There's some really infamous. There's some really infamous um, sound like like uh, live shows where you can hear him. Like like there's this one, um, twenty three minutes over Brussels, um, where they were opening for Elvis Costello. I think what a combo and. They the audience hated them so much that they took away their microphone, <laughs> so you can hear him yelling into another microphone. Dude, give me back my microphone! Like I can't finish the show. <laughs> you guys. Oh my god! So it's like that's kind of tells you about how much they were hated. Like nobody really liked them at the time. They opened for the Cars too. They opened for Elvis Costello. They opened for uh, who's the other one I'm thinking of here? Um, the clash they opened for in their 1978 tour. Um, nobody kind of got them at the time, but as, as years went on, it kind of clicked for people. Um, now the two of them kind of have like a long, complicated musical history. Um, Alan, they only had five albums. Alan Vega had like 50 million solo albums though, where it was just him and his wife, um, working on tunage for like, yeah, wife guy. Um, for the 90s up until his death in 2016. Um, he had solo stuff in two, and then 80s as well. And then Martin Rev kind of did his own thing. Like, he did the Suicide albums, and he did, like, three or four different solo albums. But that's actually kind of all his output was. So, 
He's kind of infamous for being like quiet and kind of hiding and doing his own thing. But um, I've got friends who have played with him in New York and stuff, and they said he's like a super nice guy, but he's just like really quiet. Yeah, it's 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 a long, complicated history. That's the best rundown I can kind of give you guys, because um, there's a lot to go into, and I know a stupid amount. Um, I like like their long storied history with communism. Hell yeah. Um, in the very in the very in the very first episode, I made a conjecture that they might have been communists. Devlin thought this was false because there is a song called Shay. It's the very last song on the album. And he's kind of talking about how, like, it's talking about Che Guevara, obviously. And it's kind of like, you know, he's like, oh, like, there's a line where it's like, they said he was a saint. I know he ain't. So it's kind of like, almost sounds like an anti-communist anthem. The further you dig, I mean, like, for me, like, this is me deep diving, like, full on deep diving. Um, there's photos of him wearing communist buttons on his lapel, Alan Vega, like pictures of Che Guevara. There's like stars. He's also worn, um, rock against racism pins and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, there's an interview in, I believe it's Search and Destroy from 1978, where he says he was hanging out with FL, F-A-L-N, who were a radical Puerto Rican communist group from New York who were active in the 70s and 80s. And they um, were bombing things to free Puerto Rico. <laughs> I, I remember this conversation. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he was hanging out with some pretty radical communists. And then there's photos of them in the 2000s where Martin Rev is wearing a hat with a picture of Che Guevara on it, which I think is hilarious because they're like 60 years old. Like, Alan Vega was 10 years older than Martin Rev. So, Alan Vega died when he was 76. Um, so, um Rev was would have been like, you know, this this photo was from like 2007, so you know, would have been late late 60s mm-hmm. or like mid 6 or like 6 like 60 and then 70 respectively. But and then also I did some more digging and Alan Vega was a member of a um a radical activist artist group from during the 60s. And basically they were I forgot what they were called, but they were active in New York and they were kind of connected with communist politics um and like anti-fascist politics and feminist politics and all you know any anything else progressive and they were infamous for like doing sit-ins where they like like there was this one famous sit-in they did where they sat in front of all of the major art museums in new york to protest the lack of representation in in major art galleries that rules so yeah it's really awesome um so yeah, he was he was kind of a member of that for a while. Um, less info on Martin Rev just because he was kind of a quiet guy, but um, quiet family man. He had like four children, which is black as. F- but <laughs> he's just um, a family guy. Kind of got a kind of kind of got a yeah, a Lois. <laughs> um, <laughs> he had to kind of I guess he was busy raising children or whatever, but it was it's it's an interesting history for sure. So my conjecture that they were a communist band was like eighty five percent likely. I retract <laughs> my former statements um, from two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's like eighty five percent likely. Um, fun thing like like one thing I really find fun about suicide is that they were minorities in a largely white scene where people were wearing swastikas um Christ. um they were both jewish men um which you know is pretty difficult to be in a all-white scene where you know the dead boys susie sue are like rocking swastikas for some ungodly reason i know they always argued like oh it's just us being edgy and it was us trying to make a statement but nobody ever apologized like i have a hate on for Susie sue because she never properly apologized for it they, they were um i guess you know communist jews um it's unclear as to Al- whether alan vega was puerto rican or not um <laughs> he's never made a statement on that but um that that name so I also was informed. I shouldn't be saying this because it's again also conjecture. Allegedly, but allegedly, I had, allegedly. This is allegedly, but I had somebody approach me about a year ago, and he he was he's like a really popular meme page on Instagram. So I can't I can't say anything. But he he was like, hey, 
Um, in the 90s, my husband made out with Ellen Vega at a show. So I was like, huh, this, this is all alleged conjecture and stuff, but I'm, I'm just kind of like, you know what? We, we can claim it. We can claim it for the LGBTs. <laughs> so um, I'm claiming that. That's, that's my territory now. For the homosexuals. So, Thank you. For the, hom- the homosexuals, yeah. So I'm claiming that one. Um, but that's that's kind of my rundown on on suicide. They were just really interesting politically to me because a lot of the bands like obviously I'm super deep into 77 punk. Like that's kind of my thing. I know a lot about the first like the early like proto punk and then the first wave of punk. That's what I'm really interested in. Um, so just knowing that scene and a lot of what was going on at the time, there was a lot of racism. There was a lot of like you know, fascist adjacent from, like, the Sex Pistols and stuff. Which is also very true, because they were wearing the swastika, and, like, they are like, oh, it was just to be edgy. And then, like, recently John Lydon was wearing pro-Trump merch. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> um, uh, uh, just gonna throw a giant allegedly there, because even though, mm, uh radio, we have to, we have to say allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. They... They were kind of, I guess what's so iconic about them is that they were kind of like the first band to, you know, modify or or to kind of become a synth duo. Like there was no other band in the punk scene that used synths. There was, I mean, initially it would have been organs and modified organs mm-hmm. um, before synths were popular, um, popularized. But um, they were kind of the first band to use synths in the punk scene. They were the first band to use drum machines in the punk scene. So they were kind of like unlike anybody other, and that's kind of why people kind of rejected them because it was like super abrasive, aggressive music. Where you might listen to this album and be like, "Oh, this isn't loud abrasive. I don't know what you're talking about." But I, I would go and listen to some of their live stuff because their live stuff is incredibly different than anything they've ever sounded like on an. Well, album. Like imagine this, but like a man wrapped in a motorcycle chain is coming down to the crowd and like whipping it around and trying to fight you. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. But, like, especially that music live is incredibly abrasive. Like, it's... I understand why the Elvis Costello fans weren't happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just remembering what I said about that last time, where, like, I was blaming suicide for inventing uh, chain moshing, and that I don't know if I could forgive them for that. Oh, yeah. I think that still stands, because I still... I think that still stands. Because, like, no... Again, another PSA is don't keep it. Don't bring a change to the don't punk do show. it. Don't. I think mostly. I think mostly for him, it was self defense because people would fight him. They'd punch him. They'd throw bottles at him. There's a famous clash show where somebody threw an axe at his head. Who brings um, an axe to a punk show? Dude, it was Scotland. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's Say no more. So it's all kind of in self-defense, um, which makes sense to me, because obviously punks were very aggressive at the time. They still are now. Um, uh, I am kind of, you know, pseudo-involved in various punk scenes, and as much as they like to pretend that they're progressive and protecting, you know, the vulnerable, they don't do yeah. that. <laughs> no heart emoji. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a venue here that isn't even... Um, you know, uh, checking uh, fax passports and stuff like that, um, which is really puts puts a lot of people in danger, like immunocompromised people and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's the one thing that has never changed is that people being edgy for the sake of being edgy and not really caring as long as they get what they want out of something. Yeah. No, it's like super, like super classic punk scene. Like, I'm not surprised type. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, uh, oh my god, okay, who was, uh, punk dude in the 90s, worked with a lot of big bands, total edgelord, just did an interview being like, I realized I was an edgelord and I contributed to a lot of edgelord in the punk scene, and now I've learned. He was talking about, like, all the edgelord he did in the 90s, and it was like, bro, people were protesting at your show, like, it took you that long. Oh, are we talking about Steve Albini? Yes! Yes, Steve Albini, (laughs) thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, he literally, like, I, I saw that article, too. Like, yeah, he was, he was kind of, like, the 80s, 90s math rock guy, right? Um, 
Yeah. Super incel Super incel for sure. But uh, yeah, he went out and apologized for all of that, which I think is really awesome. So Yeah, I mean... It, it took him a very long time. It was a time, good but... interview. I just feel like... Um, like he mentioned uh, the name of a band he was in that was controversial and where a lot of feminists were like protesting outside his shows for the name that he chose for that band. And I don't know. It's just kind of telling to me that like it took him 30 odd years to like say anything about that and realize that maybe that was a bad idea. I, I know what band you're talking about now. I remember. Yeah. I was like, which yeah. one's like, which one has the worst name possible? Because they all have <laughs> which, bad which one has the worst name? That one. Okay, but listen. Okay, but listen. Songs about f- it's kind of a pop. It's an amazing album. The whole Big Black discography is amazing. Um, I love Big Black, but I will not be a Steve Albini apologist because yeah, <laughs> you don't gotta. I mean, you don't have to, and he's even holding himself accountable to yeah. a degree now, which I I think is good, even though it took maybe too long. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I you see a lot of people who have done stuff like that in the past, who continue on to just be and not acknowledge the damage they've done. Yeah. So I think I think any acknowledgement of damage you've done at any point in your life is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, re- I respect him for that. I think it's actually a really good move and shows he's grown up as a human being. Because a lot of those punk dudes never grow up. John Lydon. Um, <laughs> you know, like, they mm-hmm. just, just kind of... They kind of... There's, you know, they're like a 60-year-old man who's not separated himself from being an 18-year-old boy. Yeah, I let it be known that also, like, I'm not praising for the bare minimum here. It's yeah. Just, it's, it's nice to see it. No, mm-hmm. no, well, that's exactly it, because you don't see it often. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, yeah, and I think, like, now it's kind of on those guys to, like, call their buddies out for participating in the same thing, too. Be like, hey, mm-hmm. I know you were doing it too. Can I just say again how m- deeply I enjoy the little ad lib parts on this album? Like in Ghost Rider when he goes, beady, 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 beady. His whole thing was ad libs. His whole thing was ad libs. He jacked it from like Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis and stuff. Um, <laughs> he, jacked used, it. he used this. <laughs> let, let me find the word because it's like. Uh, a weird, like, smart person word for trifecta. Um, <laughs> but he described his, his like, trifecta as, I think it was Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis, and Roy Orbison. Tri- triumvirate is what the word is. I have never heard that word no, once in really my life. No, it's really weird. <laughs> I hadn't heard it either, and I had to Google it. Because um, it's just, like, really smart, pretentious dude word for trifecta we get but that's who he was inspired by we get vocab today as well but we're having vocab today i think he was like (laughs) just a really well-educated dude like he he had a um a bachelor's in fine arts um so i don't know but i just love the noises like the like especially in as we've put it before maybe the horniest song of all time girl where he's like Ugh. Mm. it's charming it's charming i like it i wouldn't call um, it charming because i do kind of skip girl after a few minutes from, like, <laughs> i can't i can't See, i find it charming for some reason but um i just <laughs> it's also because you're like have a huge crush on the man <laughs> yeah i think he was incredibly sexy i just put it on in but, the background um, when i was writing an essay and then i was like oh this is horny. Oh, horny okay. music now. This is this is a little bit horny. Horny music now. Um, More than a little bit. This is Al Gore's face from the Prince album all over again. <laughs> um, that just average Tipper Gore. That reminds me of the one of the first records I ever bought, which was "Enter the Vaselines" by Scottish band The Vaselines. Um. I remember that record. I haven't thought about that record in a very long time, though. It was one of the first I ever bought, um, and I asked my grandpa to help me set up my mom's old record player while that was playing. Took us a while Took us a while to get the speaker working, but by the time we got the speaker working, it had gone to their cover of Divine's You Think You're a Man, and what <laughs> I didn't realize 
was that the bridge of that song is just every band every band member just busting a nut. That's the whole bridge. It's just <laughs> them busting a nut over the drum machine. Um, and that was the exact moment that my grandpa got the speaker working. And I was in like grade eight. <laughs> Oh no. He didn't say anything. Oh, I didn't I'm... say anything. It's an unspoken you just both walk away from that situation. We will never say anything. What was What was your first LP that one? Um it was either Crazy Frog, Crazy Hits, or Demon Days by the Gorillas. I like the implication of like Crazy Frog as an LP. Like not an album, but like It's Crazy Frog's first LP. Crazy Frog is releasing a new song soon. I heard. Oh. Yeah, I want to hear the so crazy that's, frog. You know it's only a matter of the time. The frog who is crazy. To the Joker, he's just a regular frog. <laughs> um, I think we should take bets on how long it's going to take before Crazy Frog does the song with Dorian Electra. <laughs> oh, I, I guarantee it. After that first new song comes out, it'll be months. Yeah. Either Dorian Electra or 100 Gex will jump on it. Okay, we should do a poll. Like, who's going to do it first? Is it going to be yeah, I'm, I'm gonna... Dorian Electra or 100 Gex? I think Dorian Electra. That's my take. Hmm. That's a, that's a question for Twitter later, I think. I'm like firmly sitting on Dorian Electra. <laughs> um, firmly grasping. I also, getting back to the, the music for a second, Frankie Teardrop, because of the, the, the culture around this podcast now and just how many jokes revolve around that song historically, I can't take it seriously anymore. And now <laughs> it's just funny to me. Um, after a while, it just does get funny. Like you get desensitized to the song. Cause like everybody, like everybody when they first, like I, there's a lot of people who are like, this is the most disturbing song I've ever heard. And I'm just gonna like, how funny he's in hell. They go, <laughs> they go Joker mode about it. Uh, which I find hilarious. Like it's classic Zub. Like wow. Also, I <laughs> wow. looked up Zub's. I looked up Zub's profile, and it's just him commenting on like Suicide Boys lyrics. Yeah, I bet he like wasn't actually a fan of Suicide, and it just came up because he like made a typo. I think that's what happened. It's like trippy oh red. Like he's posting on like trippy red like lyrics and stuff like that. Oh my god, we're getting more Zub lore where he came across Frankie Teardrop by accident. <laughs> oh, I that's think, good. I think that's what happened. <laughs> that's so good. I hadn't put that together. I think the reason it's funny is because it's kind of like I feel similarly about uh, Sufjan Stevens' song about John Wayne Gacy. Where yeah, that one's that one's definitely a, a thing. Where it's kind of it's kind of Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland. It's like we're all mad here. <laughs> it's like speak for yourself, buddy. Um, <laughs> I just I just wanted to say that the stuff the, the line where you're like Frank is dead. I had a good like a little laugh about that. <laughs> when he's doing the screams, when he's time, doing the screams, I picture him like playing with some action figures just so you get just so you. <laughs> Get the image. He's got. He's got like a. It's like I want to um, make sure that you know what's like happening. This. See, like I think that's actually a good part of the suicide lore because um, I a good chunk of this album is like actually references to comic books. Yeah, I wanna. <laughs> I wanna imagine that he's just playing with some action figures and just going like pew pew pew. I also recently discovered that I think it might also be a Jerry Lee Lewis reference because there's a song on this album called Johnny. And then there's a song on this album called Frankie Teardrop. And then there's a Jerry Lee Lewis album or song called uh, Frankie and Johnny, which I thought might have been possibly a reference to that. So maybe. But also, I feel like Frankie and Johnny are very like rock and roll. They are rock and names, roll names, you know? Yeah. They are kissing. Um, They're kissing each other. All right on the lips. When you were talking about the little, Frankie the little action figures. Bro, we are <laughs> kissing now. Bro, don't stop. Bro. We are kissing now. <laughs> I want to imagine uh, like them singing Frankie Teardrop now, but it's like the scene from E.T. where they, he's like showing E.T. That's the exactly what I'm thinking. Like, this Boba Fett. <laughs> no, it's not real food. Don't eat it. That just gave me an idea. Have you, have you seen 
the Mr. Peanut fiasco on TikTok. Yes. Where they I were trying to get in the Mr. Peanut fiasco on TikTok. They were basically trying to get TikTokers so many callbacks. Um, they were trying to get TikTok people to like uh write lyrics to a jingle for free. Oh, is um, that is that kind of similar to like Jamie Lynn Spears baby bottle pop? <laughs> I haven't seen that, but holy <gasps> Holy shit. Um, oh, it's the funniest thing. The the Mr. Peanut one. It was a video of Mr. Peanut playing a riff on the piano, and then you were supposed to like make up lyrics, and you know it was a contest, and they would use the, your jingle for free and not pay you, but you would win a contest. And so, of course, all oh the TikTok God. kids like jump on this and make the lyrics about anal sex. <laughs> um, of course, as one does. But please, I think it, I think it would be funny. I think it'd be funny if they had Mr. Peanut playing the piano, and then ET just like picked him up and chewed him up. That's my joke. <laughs> no, it's not real food. Um, my um, favorite one of that. That this. My favorite adaptation of that is uh, left at London, where she was like uh, riffing on the "Don't be racist, I am a building" song, but it was "Don't be racist, I am a peanut." <laughs> Uh, this episode is proving to be like a collection of alumni jokes that we have made. <laughs> because remember when, like, for three episodes, we were all kind of mad about Baby Nut. <laughs> baby Nut. When they turned Mr. Peanut into a baby for like three oh. months, and then he like aged yeah, he up. Got shot he, by, he got shot by Bucci from Neopets. <laughs> God, remember when they killed Mr. Peanut? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he fell off a cliff in a car crash? <laughs> I think, I think, I think he was murdered. I think it was, I think it was no, a worker yeah. uprising. I think they guillotined him. Yeah, no, that is, is a nutcracker. I'm getting festive with my jokes now. Is a nutcracker not just a peanut guillotine shaped like a guy? <laughs> <laughs> Worker uprising, and it's like, oh. do, 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 do. um, <laughs> that's it. That's my joke. I didn't workshop that one. That's good. That's good. I, I love your jokes, Tuesday. Tuesday's jokes are always the best. Tuesday's the the, uh, the funny one out of all of us. Absolutely. Am I the Ringo? Am I the Ringo? That's okay. That's I mean, a good thing to be. <laughs> You're gonna write the Thomas the Tank Tren- Engine theme song. I'm gonna I'm gonna make paintings on MS Paint and then sell them for like an obscene amount of money. And it and I I forgot about your baby. And <laughs> call them things like an elephant foot, but misspell elephant. Your, ba- your baby is my like absolute favorite. Hold on. That's so good. Um, here, yeah, baby. <laughs> Why does it look like John Waters? <laughs> it does a little bit. <laughs> we need to post this one on Instagram too. Um, for people, because there's no context, um, Ringo Starr's art, there's this one specific piece called Your Baby, Y-E-R Baby. Um, and it's like a, a pink face of a guy on a checkerboard background. And it was done on MS Paint in 2005. It's it's really good. And he sells like, prints of it for obscene amounts of money. Like thousands of dollars. It looks like something I would have yeah. It looks like something I would have made in kid pics in computer class. I know. <laughs> oh no. So oh no. Oh no. <laughs> um I think So to get back to suicide for a second just cuz we're getting on in time here. I just want there to be a I mod should, for Procreate where they do that. Anyway, go on. No, please. I I someone make that. Um I think it's really funny that Ghost Rider have been covered by Rollins' band. Yeah, Henry Rollins is, like, the biggest fan of Suicide. Like, he, like, literally was given the opportunity. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, the man is dead. But. In 2017, Henry Rollins, singer for Black Flag and Rollins' band, described Frankie Teardrop as the single most intense song I've ever heard in my life. What? Oh my god, Henry Rollins is a <laughs> fan theory. <laughs> I mean, like, he's not wrong. Like, it's a pretty intense vocal performance. Um, but sometimes it's, like, pretty funny after a while if you've heard it too many times. The, the screams really pull me out of it. Um, 
But yeah, no, um, I've got a copy of Alan Vega's first solo record. Like, I've got an original print, but I have a reissue because it had a funny poster in it, and I wanted the funny poster. <laughs> I paid, like, $25 for a funny poster. But um, I, Henry Rollins does, like, he does, like, in the liner notes, he does all of the liner notes, and it's just him, like... Like it's yeah. it's pretty solid. That's a new that's a new thing to cut out for the radio. Yeah, and I so, appreciate I'm that. I am so sorry. That was rude of me. No, that's okay. Cause that's like I've never heard those words next to each other before, and I I, I really appreciate that. I heard a new phrase today. <laughs> um. So I have a list of bands that have covered several different like suicide songs from this album oh okay you know what's a really killer cover it's not directly a suicide cover but um lcd sound system did a cover of a song off of alan vega's first record called bye bye bayou um bye bye bayou is like originally kind of a swampy no wave track but um they covered it so it's like a disco song <laughs> it's really that good knows. It's like classic lcd sound system like oh it's so good i'm sorry that's like a tangent but it's a good no, that's good. So good. Um, Peaches covered Johnny. Yeah, I've heard that cover. It's interesting. And um, I think a cover that I want to listen to after uh, this recording is the cover of Shay by Sun, or as some people call it, Sun O. I've heard that I one only too. Said, I only said that just to make specific people very mad. <laughs> Sun O. Sun O. Oh, I like that it's like sun and then they have like emoji. Like it's like, see, it's the sun and look at all the little rays. <laughs> it's like the Teletubbies. It's a little sun baby. <laughs> um, and also, as we've talked about before, State Trooper is definitely, and I, I'm sticking to this canon, the sequel to Frankie Teardrop. State Trooper yeah. by Bruce uh, Springsteen, yeah. Yeah, State Trooper by Bruce Springsteen. The Squeakle. The Squeakle. Which makes it even funnier to me because, like, the lyrics going in, like, Frankie's ear, I'm like, Frankie's dead, to, like, the boss saying, Frankie's not doing so good. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, Frankie's just kind of a mean guy. It's not as if Frankie shot his wife and newborn child and then himself in the head. And then went to hell. He's not feeling too hot. No, he's, he's not feeling too hot. Having a rough one. Concept for a meme. You know the 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 uh, the meme that's like my parents in their twenties. Like, oh yes, let's have another child and buy a house. But it's my parents in their twenties. Frankie teardrop at twenty years old. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> God. I have made a surplus of suicide memes, so I can I can do that for you. Um, Please, for a thank while you. I was editing memes with a friend, um, a, a friend who vanished on the internet. Um, I hope she is doing okay. I haven't seen her in a very long time, but you know, internet friends. Um, we made these a series of memes. Do you guys remember those like One Direction edits that would be like, um. You know, outfit for your date with Niall or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were, there was this one we found that was like, um, uh, outfit for, uh, uh, kidnapping One Direction. So we, <laughs> we made our outfit for kidnapping suicide, um, yeah. which was really solid. I kind of miss those One Direction edits. Like those were, that was like Dude. a peak time in culture history. Dude, let's, let's make a, Let's make a fanfiction.net account and be like, um, I don't, I you know, don't those, you know, those fanfics. fanfiction.net still a thing anymore? Is oh, it it's alive and well, and it has not been updated once. Oh, God, they I have not. Because um, I know, you like, know those... um, Archive of Our Own is kind of the thing right now. Holy yeah, God, I just like fanfiction.net. Yeah, it looks exactly the same as it did um, when I when I first learned some things. Missed about some topics. Speaking of things that you and another person know exist, but we'll just not reference or talk about, an old friend of mine on fanfiction.net wrote a fanfic 
that I'm in named with the Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> Is it still there? I, I don't know if it's still there, but it's... I found it. I know they know I found it. <laughs> We're just never going to talk is about it, it. Is it like a character that shares your name or is it like you? It, it's me. <laughs> like me. Do you get to kiss Alex Turner? There's probably a lot of Arctic Monkeys fanfic. Um, I can't remember if I, I kiss Alex Turner, but I do remember me producing their new record, which is like... <laughs> That's cute. I don't think I'd ever get to do that. It's cute and nice, but also we never spoke about this and I'm I'm, I'm never going to bring it up to them. <laughs> what year was this? This had to be like 2012, maybe 2011. When Arctic Monkeys okay. were at their like peak fame. Like right around when oh, no, AM came out. Oh no, their peak was 2014 when uh, AM came out and everyone was like, Buying a leather jacket at H and M and going bow no now where's where's that picture of like the indie kids from Tumblr.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that I would mean, overpay for weed. They're, they're standing against the wall. I've got it, I found it. Like this is who I'm thinking of. These are Arctic Monkeys fans. Yeah. I looked like that. Yeah. That's me at the end down there in the turtleneck. I I kinda look like this too. Like I can't say shit. <laughs> that was um, that was me like when my friends would go to American Apparel, and I—I I was didn't literally have a job about to yet. say, I was literally about to say American Apparel. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't have a job yet, so like I I couldn't afford anything, and so I'd just be like, I I like try to learn how to make a pleated skirt in like high school sewing class out of stuff I found at like the dead stock fabric sale, and then I didn't know how to do pleats. One time I cut up a I golf used- shirt and I made like a knockoff American Apparel top. That's fire. That rules, though. That's fire. Tuesday, you're so talented. Tuesday, I appreciate Tuesday's you. incredibly talented. Face is talented. Your face is talented. Thank you. You're welcome. I used to go to that American Apparel store downtown with my friends all the damn time. I missed that store. There was, had, there was one in Metro Town as well. I had so many crises. There was one in Kits, too. I had so also, many. Of course there was. Also, I had so many body image crises at that location. Uh, American Apparel, silly. That's, that's the end of that tangent. So um, I still have an American Apparel dress that I wear a lot. <laughs> it's like a bodycon dress, and it's it's got like uh, no sleeves, but it's got a, a turtleneck. It's really solid. Uh, what are our final slash renewed thoughts on Suicide by Suicide? Um, I love this album. <laughs> Why did I even ask you? <laughs> you can't ask me that question. Good album. Had fun. Will desensitize me if I ever have to get an MRI. <laughs> Thank you. Um, also, my, like absolute, my absolute final thought is go watch Born Free by MIA live on Letterman. Um, yes, please. Please, that's a great... It's, um, it's Martin Rev of Suicide Fame playing with MIA because she sampled Ghost Rider. And the whole comment section is people fighting. Like, there's a whole bunch of people who are like, what's that guy doing slapping the keyboard? And then the rest of the comment section are like, you guys are sheeple. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know Um, who that is. You're sheeple. You're all sheeple. (laughs) If I have to explain how that video made me feel watching that live performance, it's that picture of Lemmy being woken up from bed. (laughs) With like the face being like, because I had no idea what was going on and felt very overwhelmed by it's everything. It's very overwhelming. I love that video. It's so funny. I have a renewed respect for this album. It's not as, I don't think it's as bad as I said it was almost two years ago. I think it's good and it deserves the praise it gets. Thank you. It's a little, it's a little silly. It is, it's a, it little is a little silly. It's that silly. It's a wee bit silly. Uh, what have you guys been listening to this week? Honestly, mostly lo-fi hip-hop beats to study slash relax to. Oh, fire. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to um, a They Might Be Dying's podcast where they're like, um, they're, they're discussing a flood. They go on more tangents than we do, which made me increase my self-esteem a little bit. Um, that makes me feel really good. Yeah, no, the, they've got like two episodes about flood and the first one's like an hour long um so we're okay we're not alone we're not alone (laughs) oh but i keep getting distracted because i keep talking about the song and then i'm like i should go listen to that song (laughs) so podcasts do kind of cause that (laughs) it's taken me like three days to get through this episode and i'm not even done yet
<laughs> Flood's a great album. It's a good album. Apparently, people on the They Might Be Giants listservs in the 90s were like hipsters about it if you liked Flood. But I think, really? I think they have like enough albums now that like you don't need to be a hipster about it. Like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's fine. What have you been listening to, Annie? Um, I think I've recommended this album before, but I've been listening to All Bitches Die by Lingua Ignata. Um, so that album's one. solid. Um, I've been listening to good. The Night Creeper by Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. And I have been listening to Art Pop by Lady Gaga. Gaga. Ooh. Gaga. Lady Gaga. 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 I thought it was good. I, I was expecting you to say you've been listening to Suicide by Suicide, and I think it would have been a really funny bit in this episode, oh, and so only sorry. this one. I've been listening no, it's to fine. Suicide by Suicide. I actually did not listen to that album this week. <laughs> because, be real, I, because I already know it off the top of my head. Let me be real. I listened to it a few times to like be like, okay, yeah, this is actually a lot better, and like analyze my new thoughts. But I just used my old notes from two years That's ago. That's <laughs> okay. That's totally fine. I did not, but I I did mention some things that I mentioned from two years ago. Mm-hmm. So. Um, good first revisit. Yeah, I think it's a good first revisit. Um, thank you guys for going on this journey with me. Um, you're a baby. Yeah. Your baby. Uh, your baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, wait, we didn't do our outro, oh, Dan. What outro? I'm Devlin Galloway. You can follow me at Devlin Galloway on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow my record label, Placeholder Records, at Placeholder Records on Twitter and Instagram as well. You can follow this podcast at Music Is Good Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, freaking everything now because I've been bored. And if you like this podcast, the best way to support us is to follow us on or whatever you do on Patreon. You you throw money at us and we give you things. That's what it does. At Music Is Good Pod 1, because I messed up and needs the one now. Uh, Tuesday Tuesday sent um, Nirvana fanfiction to the group chat. (laughs) Which was based Uh, off, um, the the fanfic is about Nirvana, but the fic itself... Inspired it's by mindless self indulgence. Never wanted to dance with nobody, not you. <laughs> oh my god. Um, my name is Tuesday Ferguson. You can follow me on Instagram at Mimichi. Um, I'm Annie Negrin. You can find me on Instagram um, at Tanky Teardrop. Um, but I am not active on Instagram right now. So um, I will maybe see you in the future. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. To dance with nobody Bye. not you. Wanna dance with somebody?